Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I am Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. You can also catch me on the radio. You can catch me on the papers at pinalcentral.com as uh, we have a network of newspapers where we do game reviews. Keyword is skewed for that. Catch us on Sci-Fi Radio. And, of course, we have our Skewed and Reviewed magazine, which comes out quarterly. So we have a lot going on, a lot of great stuff for the first of the year. First off, we have uh, Michael is over at the Consumer Electronics Show as we are recording this. I am exactly one day behind him. I will be heading over to do our coverage. He and uh, Mark are already there getting a lot of uh, good stuff in. So uh, Justin's with me as always, and we have someone new, but not exactly new to me. I've known him for a while. We've uh, done stuff on the big radio show before. So uh, he'll be joining us whenever his schedule permits. And uh, take it away. Why don't you give yourself an introduction and we'll get rolling. Oh, thanks, Gareth. Uh, great to be here. Uh, my name's Joey Z. I've been uh, on the airways in Seattle, uh, 99.9 The Rock, for about 10 years. And I love gaming and I love movies. And I hear we've been on a lot of that. I've done a lot of interviews with you, Gareth. And we've got a lot of uh, fun news coming up here in 2024. Absolutely. So without going into all the details, folks, it's a lot of shakeup in the radio, in the terrestrial radio industry and so on and so forth. And uh, Joe and I basically did the uh, Geek Nation segment uh, for the last year or so after the previous changeup happened and everything. So a lot of stuff going on. And I figured let's, uh, you know, while everything's up in limbo on the terrestrial side, Let's keep the good things going because there's a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's start off with the news of this week that got uh, everyone a little surprised. We've talked about how uh, the Star Wars films have been announced. Some of them then don't happen. Uh, things from Rogue Squadron, so on and so forth. And I kind of had the cynical view of, okay, when they were out at Star Wars Celebration and they announced the three movies, I'll believe it when the cameras start rolling. And then out of the blue, just the other day, we were told, hey, guess what? The next movie in production is The Mandalorian and Grogu. And, oh, by the way, Ahsoka Season 2 is in uh, the plans for the Disney Plus side of things. So, um, no word whether or not this Mandalorian movie is taking the place of Season 4, which was already scripted if Season 4 has been... Uh, retooled into this movie, or if that'll happen at a later date or not at all. Joey, let's start with you. What uh, uh, what do you make of this? Uh, I was not expecting a Mandalorian and Grogu movie. Uh, fans a little bit disappointed with season three. I think that there was a missing story element that we all were yearning for. But visuals and everything have been on point, and I mean, who doesn't love the little green guy? Uh, I don't know what they're going to talk about. I assume we might get a Mando war here. You know, that's a good point. What I'm intrigued by is that, thank goodness, John Favreau is is uh, the guy behind it. He's directing it. He's writing it. He and Filani have really seemed, with you know, apologies to the others. There have been some really good uh, efforts. I actually liked Rogue One. I've liked elements of Solo, but. It seems like these two really have their finger on the pulse of Star Wars and what fans want. And we know it's a toxic fandom. 
We know they complain about everything, but most people seem to think these guys have it right. I'm curious to see what they have. Um, I guess uh, the next um, thing we're going to hear is some of the people from the TV show returning. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if Carl Weathers appears, Katie Sackhoff appears, uh, and where they go from there. But you got to have a villain, and I don't know if we're going to bring back the villain from the series, if we're going to get someone new. Justin, what do you think? What are we going to get here? Yeah, so I was surprised as well a little bit, but now that I think you know that I've had some time to think about it, I think it the more the more I've had to ponder it, it makes more sense to me what they're doing. Um, I'm wondering, and this is just kind of spitballing an idea, I wonder if they've had this planned out for a while and this is going to lead into their season four. I mean, if they've had season four scripted out, a movie is a good way to kind of start off a new story arc. Maybe they introduce a new villain, a new uh, basis for what the story is going to be about. Um, kind of like what you mentioned earlier, uh, I've been kind of like that with Star Wars myself, where when one of these projects gets announced, it's uh, kind of a skeptical until the cameras start rolling kind of scenario, because there's been several projects that got announced that didn't really get off the ground. But I think this one definitely will, just because uh, I think you were definitely right, Gareth, that uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau definitely have uh, the best uh, perspective, I think, um, on Star Wars, they definitely kind of have a, a, like you said, a finger on the pulse of what what seems to work with the new uh, the new model of Star Wars. So I, I definitely think this will uh, this definitely has the, the the most potential to to get um, to the finish line and kind of propel forward what what's next for the Mandalorian. So that would be my guess. Uh, again, obviously, I don't have any in, inside information or anything, but my my speculation is that this was probably going to set up uh, maybe a season four or maybe vice versa. Maybe season four um, kind of sets up this movie and this movie is the conclusion to, to the story. Uh, they really could go either way, but uh, that's, that's kind of my thinking on it right now. That is an interesting idea. Cause it's funny because there was also some news that came through later today and I'm probably going to botch these um, uh, names, but uh, Benoff and Weiss, who worked on Game of Thrones, were supposed to be setting up a new trilogy. Well, now it came out that essentially what their plan was is that they were going to, uh, they were supposed to do it. Disney didn't move on it. They signed a production deal with another studio and moved on. Now, apparently, they wanted to tell the story of the first Jedi, how the Jedi Order came to be, so on and so forth. And apparently, Lucas film did not want to do this and there was also the whole issue of they wanted to call it first jedi and there was some issue with uh johnson calling the one film the last jedi some people thought it'd be a knights of the old republic game well ironically people are saying it's kind of funny that they didn't want to do this however one of the three announced films uh you know before this fourth one is supposed to be one about the early days of the Jedi Order. So it's funny, like, we'll go back far, but we don't want to go back that far. So uh, really quick, Justin, you start, and then we'll go over to you, Joe. What do you make of that idea? Do you think telling the story of the Jedi origins is a good idea, or is that like Alien? Maybe some things need to just be left to speculation. So I, I definitely err on that side of that argument. Um, I, I like a little bit of mystery mystique in, in my universes. I think it kind of 
uh, cheapens it, not, not not to say cheapens it, but it kind of robs a little bit of the the mystery um, and and what makes a, a universe grandiose if you kind of explain every detail in uh, uh, about how everything came to be. I think there's I think the other problem too, and um, not to you know uh, throw fuel on the fire, but uh, the way they handled the, those two producers handled Game of Thrones, I, I think, um, left a lot to be desired with the later seasons. I think they definitely showed great talent with adapting material, but when they kind of went off on their own, um, it it, uh, it it definitely left a lot to be desired. So yeah, with no Star kidding. Wars, <laughs> yeah, with with Star Wars, I would be. I, I think Disney probably made the right choice here. I mean, if they had uh, some good material to draw from, I'm sure they could could adapt that well. But, um, you know, uh, something as big as where the Jedi came from, I, I think uh, that's that's a story I think is better left untold. Now, if you want to tell stories about the early Jedi, that's great. I mean, there's existing material already from the old ex- uh, expanded universe that's uh, fantastic. Um, you know, adapting that material would be great. But... Um, but explaining, you know, taking a new direction on where the Jedi came from, I think is uh, is something that probably should be left um, mysterious. And Joey, what do you make about all that? Yeah, I agree with Justin. I think it's difficult. Like you said, if you're going to put a magnifying lens on almost the origins of an entire arc as big as uh, Star Wars, you better be real, real fine with your editing processes and your casting and all that. I don't want to say that they can't do it, but it's a tall order. Uh, I do like the idea of being able to enter into a world without rules because they're building from nothing in the sense that they can pretty much end the story with, well, hey, Star Wars begins. So that's good. But uh, I, I would hold out hope, but I hope they don't do it, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I just have one word to say to everybody. Midichlorians. Remember how much people <laughs> lost their mind when that was introduced? Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. You demystified Star Wars. What do you mean? It's a microscopic in- infection, and uh, da, 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 da. it's like, yeah, just, just relax and enjoy the movie, folks. You know, <laughs> yeah, just, just looking for the pod racing. It's fine. Absolutely. So, uh, one more from the world of science fiction that came pouring in today, and we were like, okay, this is a rather bit of a surprise, and we talked about it before the show, and I know, Joey, your dad is absolutely. Uh, crazy for this franchise as uh, most of us who grew up in that era. But um, again, in the I'll believe it when I see it category, because we have had so many movies and directors named for a fourth outing in the Star Trek cinematic universe under J.J. Abrams that we've not seen anything come to light. We've heard rumors that they are maybe focusing of doing some uh, streaming movies for uh, Paramount Plus, um, so on and so forth. But today, while we're out here listening to the rumors of Patrick Stewart saying that he's waiting on a script, they're filming the new series, we got uh, comments that veteran British director Toby Haynes, who directed the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror and the prison set episodes of Andor, is coming to the world of Star Trek. Apparently, he is hired to direct a new theatrical film, which J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot is producing. Seth Graham Smith is writer. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Uh, 
Stories are, details are under wraps, but this is separate from a fourth and final chapter in the Maine's apron-produced films. Now, it's interesting that they're referring to any potential film and that arc with Chris Pine as final chapter. Um, it's being described as an origin story that takes place decades before the original 2009 film that will unfold in the late 2250s or early 2260s. This is a period of history in the Trek universe that has never really been tackled before. So, of course, everybody is speculating. Some people are saying, oh, it's the eugenics war. Some people are saying, nope, nope, it's the war with the Romulans. I'm saying check your calendars. Those are uh, <laughs> those are all wrong. You know, it's the but, you know, maybe the maybe the Romulan war. But what do you think it is? Man, off the top of my head, I have no idea, Gareth. Uh, you know, if it stays within the J.J. Abrams world, maybe we'll do something with, uh, you know, uh, say time travel. We, they've kind of explored that in uh, New Worlds already. Uh, they've done a lot with the Klingons. They seem to be really uh, gung-ho about involving them into every Star Trek that they put on either, you know, uh, you know on the streaming services, although they will be different. Uh, personally... You know, I, I, I feel like we get into this rut with Star Trek where it's almost always that the uh, the Federation, for whatever reason, gets infiltrated by, you know, like, the Romulans or, you know, the Vulcans for whatever reason because it's like they go back far enough before they're uh, in the Federation. So I'm kind of just hoping we get something we've never seen before. You know, maybe I, I – look, they did the Borg for a little bit, and I didn't I don't think they did it well before. But if we brought back the Borg, I would be oh man, I mean they're my favorite. I'm I'm biased. That would be really interesting. Wow, yeah, that is an idea. Justin, do you have uh, something you wanted to uh, throw in there for all that? Uh, so I'm I'm definitely less uh, um, versed in in the timeline of Star Trek than than most. Um, but uh, I, I definitely agree with Joey that uh, I would like to see something new. And I've, I have been a fan of the J.J. The Abrams movies. I think they've been a good um, uh, spring, springboard, I guess, for someone who uh, didn't really watch the original series uh, or uh, really uh, not many of the series in general. Um, but uh, I, I think those are all good options. Um, but kind of to get away from the the rut that they've been in a little bit i i think trying to do something new would be really interesting and uh because it's set so you know uh far before any of the events in the timeline they really could get creative with uh with what they tackle yeah and that is what is so interesting about this i think though they ran into the issue of rising cost for each uh movie uh with diminishing box office returns so i'm thinking they have to kind of go back to what I think has really been some of the better parts of Star Trek in recent years, which is the more conflict-oriented stuff, even though that was against Gene Roddenberry. I personally think that last arc of Deep Space Nine, where they had the war with the Dominion, was absolutely fantastic. I mean, there was political intrigue, there was character development, there was romance, but there was straight-up action. I would love to see something like that, but then again you have to stay locked into the franchise. So um, a lot of opportunities, definitely a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Gareth. I think political intrigue in Star Trek really helps drive a long story. And if they're going to do more than one movie, you know, Marvel's kind of shown us that that, that 
building up your heroes and your characters and then, you know, climaxing over a couple of movies really does actually end up making you a lot more money if it's about budget. I just worry that I don't want them to fall into what I call the DC plan where you come out and you say, <laughs> hey, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and hey, this movie bombed. That's all out the window. Let's start all over again because, you know, you have success on TV. I, I make no bones about it. I have not been a fan of Discovery. I'm not really a prodigy person. I have really enjoyed Strange New Worlds. I liked the third season of Picard. I didn't mind the first two, but it wasn't what I was hoping for. The third season was what I was hoping for. I have always said, you know, forever, you have to address what happened after the Dominion War. This is, you know, that was a huge, devastating thing. Military buildup. You can't, you know, the what happened? And I, I personally, I know it, it will be difficult because of where he went. You know, he's kind of out doing his own thing and teaching. You got to bring back Cisco. You got to at least explain. <laughs> I know the comic book series have talked about it, but it's just, it's all chaos. So, you know, good things ahead. Let's think positive thoughts. And with that, let's change over to the world of horror. Also today, lots of interesting news. The classic Danny Boy Boyle film that launched uh, presumptive Oscar favorite Cillian Murphy into the global consciousness uh, 28 days later, followed by 28 weeks later. Well, now that's it. We're hearing 28 years later is coming and it is going to kick off a potential new trilogy uh, with both Danny Boyle and Alex Garland involved, uh, similar to the 2018 Halloween revival. Boyle is attached to direct the first film. Garland will direct all three and produce and uh, uh, supposedly budget in the roughly $75 million range. So um, I'd be curious because I don't know if you guys remember the second one. One of the ideas behind it is the infected world dying off. And they thought they had essentially eliminated the threat because anyone who was infected was gone. And lo and behold, someone accidentally got infected, started the whole thing up again. I would be really curious to see how they say, okay, it's 28 years later and this thing's still a problem. But, you know, then again, we have seen similar things in recent history where, you know, you're kind of told, hey, if you do this, this, and this, we can get a hold on this thing. <laughs> and uh, people did it the exact opposite. So, um, Justin, do you want to start us off with this one? What's your take on this? Yeah, I'm actually really happy to hear this is happening. I was a big fan of 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. Um, uh, I guess that my my one nitpick is they're skipping 28 months later. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's that's it the had prequel. To, uh yeah. There you go. There you go. So we're we're gonna get a we're gonna get a prequel that's in between that explains uh, you know how this happened. But uh, but no, I'm I'm excited. You know, um, I think your your premise it makes sense. You know, try to you know, 28 years. I mean, that's a long time. Obviously, that's a long time. So, uh, you can you can really do really anything. You know, at the infection's gone. We've kind of um, recovered from from what's happened, and you know, then it comes back. And you know, not to not to uh, uh, draw parallels to uh, horrible events that happened in our own life, but uh, you know, there there's a lot of analogies you can you can draw to our own experiences with with COVID uh, I'm sure that's going to be a theme that, that comes up in this story. Um, 
Yeah. So my guess is that they're going to have to deal with uh, some kind of um, you know mutation in in the infection that's uh, that's present in in that universe in 28 days and 28 weeks later. But no, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm glad to hear this is happening. I I was a big fan of both of those movies, so uh, I've been waiting for uh, for a sequel for some time. Perfect, Joey. What do you have for us on it? Yeah, you, know, you can't go wrong with a good IP and a new zombie movie. You know, $75 million to us might not seem like a lot when we know the budgets of Marvel movies, but uh, we saw what The Last of Us did last year. It had a big budget, but it really put on some really great effects and some good horror. So uh, I think taking this uh, story and essentially giving it a bit of a reboot, but with, uh, uh, you know, in the world, but not necessarily following the same storyline, something a little new, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's funny because I think back, I was in Seattle when that one came out. I was in Seattle for both of them. The second one, they did the big full-on screening at downtown at Pacific Place. But I remember for uh, the first one, there was only maybe eight of us in the theater. And it was, I don't even know if the thing is still there, but it was down the road from Scarecrow Video. It's a little tiny theater. It looks like a house. It's one of the independent chains that uh, have theaters all throughout Seattle. And um, uh, uh, I want to say it's right down at the end of Rosebond on the corner. And uh, anyway, you know, you go in, very simple lobby. It's not all fancy, shiny, lit up. And we went in there just basically expecting a zombie film. And it was just very low key. It was an afternoon screener, not a lot of bells and whistles. And you watch the thing. And I remember watching it going, what a bold idea to basically play. And it's been done in other films, but to use the whole idea that, yeah, there's these dangers out there, but the real dangers are actually humans. Because when the rules of society disappear, we're actually more dangerous than anything out there. And I'm like, wow, that was such a clever idea. And I thought the sequel was good, but not quite to the level of the first one. So I'm, I'd be very curious to see what they do with that. Another franchise making a return. We received news today that uh, even with the various spinoffs for Daryl and Negan and various other uh, new characters, as well as returning favorites, AMC has released the trailer for The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live. Now, the reason uh, this is getting a lot of people really excited, not just because it's The Walking Dead, but this is Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrero at Rick and Michonne returning for a new uh, Walking Dead movie. It is uh, going to run uh, in February. So, Justin, I know you haven't seen the trailer yet, but what do you think about the return of Rick and Michonne? And will this get people who have stopped watching some of the series? I've had a lot of people say, oh, there's just too much right now. I can't keep up with it. Do you think, I mean, I, I'm seeing comments right here on some. Some people are excited. Some people are saying literally, dear God, will this ever end? So on and <laughs> so forth. What do you think? Will this draw people back? Yeah, it's definitely it's an interesting question. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to get everyone back. I, I, I'll, I'll uh, preface it by saying I was one of those people who bounced off The Walking Dead a long time ago. I really enjoyed the first several seasons and I I think I got burnt out. Um, gosh, I can't even remember exactly what was happening in the story at the time, but um, you know, I, I echo a lot of the things that, that people criticize The Walking Dead for. It went on too long. It, it kind of meandered and eventually wasn't really about anything other than um, 
you know, just survive day to day survival and, uh, you know, uh, getting to the next shocking death of a beloved character. Um, but, uh, it's an interesting question about this particular show though, because I think both of those characters are very strong. They are two of my favorite characters in the show. So, uh, I can speak for myself. I am, I am mildly interested. I, I definitely will go watch the trailer. Um, those were two characters I like, but I think even, I guess where it comes back to me and I'm probably a lot of people who are maybe on the fence about, about this show or coming back to the walking dead is that even with great characters, you still have to have a great story. So what, what is the premise of the story? What are they going to be going through? If it's just going to be uh, the day-to-day lives of uh, Rick and Michonne, that can maybe last for a little while, but there has to be some kind of, um, you know, premise, there has to be some kind of push or hook that kind of gets their story going and they have to be going, going somewhere with it. Um, so I, I definitely think it has potential, but, uh, I, I do fall in that camp of, of, uh, people that was definitely, um, uh, burnt out on the walking dead. And Joey, what do you think? I'm with Justin. You know, we just talked about another zombie movie a second ago. This one, on the other hand, has has no hype for me at all. And it's not to say that they won't get the audience back. I think they will capture anyone who's watched all the seasons, including the spinoffs. I mean, you just, who doesn't want more of their favorite characters? To show you my fandom, I thought Rick was already dead. <laughs> so the fact that he's in a new new show or movie is, is, has caught me by surprise, to say the least. Uh, but, you know congrats to what they did. I mean, it is arguably the best zombie series that's ever been made, so I don't blame them for trying to do more with it. And I should clarify, it's a, it's a limited series, not a movie. I should have uh, been a little clearer on that. It's a six-episode spinoff series, and you know, it, it's interesting, because whenever I do the conventions, we get um, asked to interview some of the cast, and I remember a year or so ago at WonderCon, we got asked to do uh, stuff for the upcoming season of Fear the Walking Dead. And it was interesting because I had to go back and do some catch-up. And um, it was like, oh, wow, you know, these characters I really enjoyed had moved on, and these are new characters, and you had to get... And and it was interesting, and I I haven't watched the Daryl series yet. I did try to watch the new episode with uh, Negan, and it was... You know, it's like, okay, this is interesting. And the cast is certainly great. They act their way through these things brilliantly. But, you know, I look at it and go, okay, so we're now in New York City. And it seems to be the same pattern of, hey, we're going to a new location. Here's a new faction that we have conflict with. And, oh, by the way, here come the zombies. And it's like... It, it's getting really hard for me to get excited because I know once you deal with that faction, there'll be another faction to deal with. And, oh yeah, here come the zombies. And I get it's a zombie series, but at the same time, you know, and my wife brought up the great question. She said, honey, who keeps mowing all these lawns that they're passing by? Cause every lawn is immaculate. <laughs> That's a great question. Do the zombies and have lawn like, And I said, you know, my big question was be, how are they continuing to get gas? Because wouldn't it have started breaking? To, but it's like, you know what? These are just things you don't ask. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe there's a whole zombie landscaping squad out there we don't even know about. And that could be part of the whole, you know, thing. Uh, spoil the thing plot of the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention is the classic Steve McQueen 
movie The Blob. That was remade, and that was a 1958 movie, to give you folks some context. There was a remake in 1988, and um, that uh, didn't do as well, but it basically, uh, you know, still did okay uh, in terms of perpetuating the, uh, the, the franchise. It had a $10 million budget, which was meager, but only did $8.2 million. I also remember watching that in uh, theaters back up in Washington. Well, now we have news that David Bruckner, who has worked well on such films as The Ritual, The Night House, and The Reimagining of Hellraiser, which last year was out for Hulu, is going to write and direct a new version of The Blob. Now, for those of you who don't know, the original one was it was a essentially gelatinous life form that came to Earth in a rural town on a meteorite, uh, started small, consumed everything in its path, grew. Steve McQueen had to save the town. The second film kind of played with the idea a bit and said, well, let's call it a biological weapon. Go with it. Uh, Joey, what do you think? We need another Blob movie, and what are they going to do with it? I don't know if we need another Blob movie, but I do see potential. I think if they actually go the Strangers, uh, Stranger Things route with this, where they kind of maybe make it a little bit more fun, a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of 1970s, 80s, you know, where the thing can actually kill you, maybe. This day and age, I don't know if I believe a Blob's going to really defeat anyone. Interesting. And Justin, what do you make of that one? Uh, so I'm, I'm not as familiar with the Blob movies, um, but I, I I think they could, I, I agree with that. I think that making it kind of fun, maybe, you know, uh, take a different kind of tone with it, I think could, could work. Um, but uh, I don't know, they could, they can make a dangerous movie about a, a an all-consuming Blob. Um, uh I think they would have to kind of maybe do something unique. Like, like you said, with the reboot, they sort of changed its, uh, its origin a little bit. So maybe they do something new that makes it a little more, I don't know, relatable to now, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I'm, I'm open to, to seeing what they do with it, I guess is where I, I would, uh, categorize myself. I'm wondering if they're going to make it viral and if they're going to play the game of, um, well, now it can like split into different things. So there's like six of them and seven of them, and then it can reform as a mass. So it would make something interesting. And with the CGI effects they have now, they could certainly do a lot with it. But, you know, again, you got to have a story. Um, you can take the horror film approach of basically saying all these people here are just fodder for the canon, and, uh, or we can decide, oh, well, we got to care about these people. So. Let's change gears. Let's wrap it up with some uh, gaming and some movie news. Let's go with this one here. Tom Cruise set himself a deal at Warner Brothers, and this is a very interesting deal. He signed a new deal to develop and produce theatrical films with Warner Brothers Discovery. It is planned that he will do a mix of original productions and franchise fare. Now, here's where you have to really take a pause on this. They're not bringing over Mission Impossible and all the other films over to Warner Brothers. His production company will have offices on the Warner Brothers Discovery lot in Burbank, but it is referred to as a strategic partnership. He still has a deal to do projects at both Universal and Paramount, and this is not exclusive or one of those traditional first-look packs where 
you got to bring your projects to us and we'll decide and only if we don't want to does it go anywhere else so the idea is that he will generate global blockbusters for them um we know that there's at least one more mission impossible film coming uh he has worked with warner brothers before with risky business uh interview with a vampire magnolia rock of ages eyes wide shut and oh yeah that movie edge of tomorrow which huh interesting timing there's been a lot of talk about a sequel to that movie recently uh well for the last few years joey start us off what do you make of this oh i think anything you can do with tom cruise is a good idea i mean we saw with uh the reunion of top gun last year i mean that movie knocked it out of the park uh you like you said you have another mission impossible movie i really liked the first one uh i think that he's a great way to sell any kind of product it doesn't even have to be movies so you know, I know he hasn't done a whole lot of TV, but who knows? Maybe we'll get something in that realm. But uh, I like the idea of, of, of at least, you know, I mean, like you said, you're not going to be able to lock him down in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, getting him to sign anything at this point I think is a great move. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'll pretty much see anything he's, that he's in because for whatever reason, the directors or the, the product, uh, projects behind him, they put in so much money. And he's a dedicated person to his stunts and everything he does. So I like where this is going. And I think part of it, too, is that he's going to be developing projects as well, kind of like uh, I'll bring something. I may not star in it, but I'll be behind it. Justin, uh, what do you have on this? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's I, I think Tom Cruise is one of the few people in Hollywood that has a really good eye for what people want to see in, in a blockbuster movie. Um, you know, I, I not to, like, dog on anyone else, but... I think there's still that sense of, oh, it's, it, you know, it doesn't even really matter what it's about. It's a Tom Cruise movie. I, I want to go see it. You know, he has that star power that was really popular in like the 90s and the 2000s where, you know, it wasn't necessarily what the movie was even about. It was really who was in it uh, that was going to be like your number one draw for whether you were, you were going to go to the theaters um, he, he really, he makes movies that are meant to be seen on a theater screen. Um, and he really, kind of what Joey said, it's, it's, uh, it's the amount of effort that he puts in. Um, it isn't just, you know, uh, we, you know, we wrote, like wrote an adaption of something and, uh, we're going to give it to a company to do all the CGI, um, in a very short amount of time. It's, you know, he really puts in a ton of effort for, the, the stunts, the practical effects, how they blend with the CG. Um, so it, it really, you know, I think he's definitely has an eye for uh, what people want to see in a blockbuster. So it, it to me, you know, it, the headline really isn't, you know, what, what movies he's going to be making, you know, with this partnership. It's just, oh, okay, well, this is more Tom Cruise movies that, uh, uh, that are going to be big, and I'm definitely going to be there to see them. And here's an interesting thing. I pulled up his IMDb page. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 2, coming 2025. No secret there. We have the SpaceX project. We heard about he's actually going to go up in space and film some scenes for uh, an upcoming project. Okay. Well, IMDb is listing Live, Die, and Repeat, which is that sequel we talked about uh, as in development and on the page. So... Everyone thinks that would be the natural jumping off point, and essentially it could set up a sequel whether he was in it or not. So uh, interesting thought there. Now, uh, switching over to Gears, Joey, you had, uh, we talked before this, 
about the Suicide Squad game that uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League that um, didn't get exactly a warm reception with the initial gameplay trailers, so on and so forth. The company decided to delay it and retool it. And just the other day, there apparently was an invite event for IGN and various people. And at least IGN-wise, they weren't impressed at all. So uh, why don't you give us a recap? Tell us what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what you said, Gareth. Uh, You know, they let people in to hopefully create more buzz around this game because they were kind of cherry-picking, you know, where it went because, like, these games happen to go after, you know, almost like a reshoot in a movie, you know, you got to resell people on it. And uh, from the articles I read and, you know, the headline that sticks out is that people left less optimistic than when they came in. And and that's tough to to read because, you know, when you're trying to create hype around a game such as the Justice League that has so many big names, you know, coming from, say, like the Batman uh, Arkham Asylum series, like that everyone really loved that series, very beloved. And now to just get more bad news. And from what I've read, uh, you know, from the comments of uh, people who played it, you know, there's a story and the story element's good. But once that ends, we tend to fall off and not have a lot of content. And that that's unfortunate. Uh, Justin, do you have a comment on all this? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little tough to, to read just because uh, uh, I've, I've been a fan of Rocksteady's games. Uh, the, the, the Arkham series is, is fantastic. And uh, um I'll be completely honest. The announcement that they were making this game, I'm just not a huge fan of Suicide Squad. Just as a um, uh, group of characters, it's just not not really my thing. But I was really kind of I was really willing to give it a chance just because I I really do like Rocksteady's games, and it is technically a sequel to the their Arkham series. Um, but uh, man, I, I gotta say the thing that's that really kind of surprised me the most is usually with with these kinds of stories, just going to the IGN story, usually with previews, they're very light um, on opinions, typically because there's kind of that um, relationship between, you know, oh, you're showing me something that you you guys are going to be releasing um, and I'm going to be talking about it for for our readers. Um, that, That can be kind of an interesting dynamic where you're not really reviewing the product uh, I shouldn't say product. You're not really reviewing the game. You're kind of offering, you know, some insight as to what the game is going to be like. Um, but they were this this particular preview was much more negative and inviting than than what's typical for an IGN preview, um, which kind of just goes to show. I mean, it it uh, it it looked pretty rough um, with some of the gameplay that had been released before. Um, and uh, I think it resulted in a delay for this particular game, um, but it, it does look like it's it's really struggling, which is kind of difficult to, to read for for Rocksteady game. But um, but you know hopefully uh, it turns out okay. Hopefully they take some of the criticism to heart and they're able to write the ship. I'm not really sure when it's supposed to come out, but um, just a couple of weeks. Oh okay. Well, <laughs> uh, here's hoping <laughs> for some po- post release patches then. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I was really kind of lacking interest in general, um, uh, myself just because I'm, I'm not a huge, uh, Suicide Squad fan in, in general, but, um, but yeah, it really looked like this, this particular project was struggling. Um, not, not to say, you know, 
good good companies have released uh, difficult games before. They be you know sometimes they write the ship, sometimes they just get it on the next go. But uh, hopefully they're able to um, to uh, to get it get it next time. So here are some interesting comments on N4G about this. When IGN puts their dislike of the game into a title, ouch. Uh, not every day you see big sites do previews of big upcoming games from once respected studios and blank all over it. Uh, usually, even if it's bad, they don't dare risk upsetting them. Damn, if IGN is willing to anger a big publisher, it's got to be a big stinker. Not that I was expecting differently, but IGN usually loves to pander to AAA publishers and provide damage control on their behalf to gain their favor. This is direct user comments, not our opinions. And some people are saying, oh, well, see, it's all reverse psychology. They're lowering expectation. So when it comes out and, uh, uh, you know, so on and so forth, so blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, this sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. So we'll see. Okay, guys, so the final thing I'm going to close with tonight is a movie I saw the other day where Justin, uh, J Justin, Jason Statham returns in his quiet but deadly action persona as a quiet beekeeper who, let's just say someone who does him a solid is done wrong by a phishing scam, and he goes on a uh, vengeance-fueled uh, journey of revenge. Now, the beautiful thing about this is a, the corporation behind the phishing scam is very well connected with lots of powerful people. However, he is a retired person from an elite, elite and top secret agency or group designed to watch over and protect all of society. Needless to say, they upset the wrong guy. You know where this thing is going. It is formulaic. Uh, there are real no surprises on where it's... Uh, uh, ultimately going to end up the character development is minimal, but hey, that's not what we want to see. Jason Statham, R-rated action, kicking butt for 90 minutes and finding some creative ways to take out some bad people. You know, you know what you're getting in. Sit back and enjoy the ride. Folks, that is going to do it for us this week. I hope everyone has a very safe uh, week ahead. We're off to the Consumer Electronics Show. We'll be talking to you all when we get back. Until then, take care. <laughs>